and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast. Your ears don't deceive you. It is Sam leading the blind right now. Jack isn't with us, but that's okay. Today we are covering the first game of the season, um, the Everton game and some other stuff as well. And I'm here with the person who spawned me. Dad, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm great. I'm very good. Thank you very much. And... Uh... Looking forward to actually talking about real games of football rather than just trying to make up stuff about possible signings. Oh, the salt. The salt has already come through. I feel like I'm I'm getting waves from you. It's like an ocean. It's great. Now, speaking of games, speaking of games, now we've had a conversation about this beforehand. Yes, we're going to talk Fulham. Of course, we're going to talk Fulham. We owe that to our wonderful listeners, but we do feel that it is imperative today, or maybe I just feel like it's imperative, Uh, and I want to talk to you about this. Now, the Matildas, the Women's World Cup, just just indulge me for a minute here. I know this isn't Fulham related, but it's Australian related, and we are Australian. It is incredible watching these women. What the, The game against France was one of the best games of football I've seen in such a long time. I said to Paris, even though this is the start of the Fulham season, there is nothing that Fulham can do tonight that can top the game that I've just seen. The longest penalty shootout in World Cup history. It's it's so infectious here in Australia. I feel like it's really hard to articulate it. My nephew was practicing penalty kicks Um uh, I, I feel like that's incredible. Dad, t- like, give me your thoughts on this, on this, on this. Yeah, look, um, we had a very long discussion about this uh, prior to going live mm-hmm. um, about the, you know, the the interest there might be in talking about the Women's World Cup when we're actually a Fulham podcast. But, wow, I mean, this is football. This is World Cup international football and i think um what what may not be apparent to people outside of australia is is just how much this tournament and australia's involvement in this tournament has captured the nation's um interest and imagination it's It's really something um and for our english and uk listeners and followers it's really akin to what kind of happens during the Euros or perhaps when the England men's team is in the World Cup. And uh, I, I think what's so incredible about all of this is that Australia are far from top seeds and were never really expected to do well um, or certainly as well as they've done to date. And in a very unassuming and totally kind of natural way they've just gone about their business led by a very popular and mercurial Sam Kerr Um, and it's just remarkable the way they've captured the nation the highest sports viewing stats on tv uh, 7.2 million yeah, tw- 20 years since it's the Sydney crazy. Olympics, which is like, remarkable. I can't, stress, I can't stress how big it is. Like, and it's just, I mean, th- this is the furthest an Australian team has ever gotten in a World Cup. 
And the fact that it's the women's game as well is really just like the icing on the cake and how, like I was saying to you earlier, three years ago, this is unprecedented to have this level of spotlight on the sport. It's so incredible. I mean, I'm not sure if any of our followers are really going to be like overly invested in what we're discussing right now, but it's it's such a good competition. Uh, it's brought such a wonderful eye on women's sport and just Australia in general. It, I mean, uh, we've seen it before in a couple of different sports, but when Australia doesn't really have that many opportunities to get fully behind their team in an international capacity, and when it happens, man, uh, it's... It's huge. It's so big here. It's so big here. Any anything anything uh, more? Than that? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, look, I, I think um, what I'd um, equated to is really su- it, it's it's surprising reaction. This is what I think we're trying to articulate here. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, and I, and I and I'll put my hand up and actually say my your brother-in-law, my son-in-law, Josh, said to me, "Oh, there's a you know there's a Matildas game come out. This is a few months ago." He said that'd be good to get around, and I went. Mm. Yeah, not 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 sure I'd be that up for it. And, and I'd be the same. I, I, and I, I I feel a bit silly actually having reacted like that because now I'm absolutely gripped. And my wife, who is not a football fan in any way, is gripped. And my daughter, who is not a football fan in any way, is totally gripped. It's amazing. And um, I, I, I equate this to um, times in, certainly in England when we were living there, when something really random in like in an Olympic Games, a cyclist would suddenly start doing well or a cycling team would suddenly start doing well and people would just get on board and just get carried away with the story and the narrative of what they were doing. Um, and I think it's, it, it's really fascinating as to what the secret source is that really draws people in. And I That's think narratives. Yeah, but it's it's really interesting. It's is it clever marketing, or is it truly a, a, a really great story? And I, you know, I would say that quite a few people know who Sam Kerr is. Yeah, and um, but I would say that not a single well, not that's that's ridiculous. There would be two percent of the nation, maybe one percent of the nation, who would know the name, who would have known the names of any of these girls before oh, yeah. all this started and knew I, nothing I at all up. about them i will put my and, hand up i didn't know who Mackenzie arnold is i didn't know who mary fowler was i didn't know who rasso was and now i can just list those i can just list those yeah. and that yeah. like i mean i think i think you're 100 right because it does require marketing it does require people to get behind um the subject matter but the story has to be there and Oh my god, it's such a great story. I mean, it's akin to like our season last season, but it like I can't stress how much of like another level it's on in Australia. And obviously as well cuz it's in Australia right now. There's this added layer to it. I'm watching the game tomorrow at like a pub. I've seen, I'm sure you've seen as well, just content all around Australia of just people peaking. And um they honestly I'm I, I'm just actually looking at the chat right now. It's really wonderful to actually see you guys engaging with what we're discussing because truth be told, I don't really think you guys would give it that much of a shit, but we just really wanted to talk about it. So it's actually really nice to see you guys being like um like supportive of this. Um but anyway, well, I, I, uh, I think the I think the other really great thing about this is that it feels like a bit of a continuation of the Ashes series, which 
you know, it was. <laughs> you no, seriously. Talk about the ashes. Uh, no, go, 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 <laughs> yeah. go, 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 go. I've, I've been kept seriously away from talking about the ashes, but because I won't stop. But I mean, how good <laughs> that Australia's run, which is kind of against all odds, beaten beaten a couple of giants along the way. Um, I, I I suspect I don't know, but I suspect that the lionesses may or may not have been picking up that much media because mm. frankly they're highly seeded and they yeah. were probably expected to get to where they've got to um yeah well after and, the euros because they won the euros and then from yeah. then onwards they've kind of been like it's either been them or the u.s that a lot of people thought was going to and they're, they're, they're very high profile and yes. they they deservedly should be getting down to the last four if not Absolutely. getting themselves into the final for Australia, I can't remember exactly what we uh, the the Matildas are seeded, but not, it's not very crazy low. High. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I I think it's you know I, I heard twenty seventh, but I, I'm sure that's wrong. I thought mm. it was more like you know ninth, tenth, twelfth, something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, how good that uh, this um, will be a match up against the old enemy. Um, uh, I, you know, I I feel it, sick about it. I actually feel it, physically ill about it. My heart is really torn. And and again, for those who aren't aware, I think there was a great uh, meme put up on social media just after the Matildas game on Saturday, where they showed. I think it was 2015 where the Australian women's team played. Yes, there were like 300 yeah. people uh, in the crowd. Utterly, yeah. no one gave a shit. And the uh, the game last Saturday was played in front of what was it sixty odd thousand mm. people, and the game yeah. against England tomorrow evening will be in front of seventy five thousand people. And I cannot uh, stress in it as well how much my sister and mother do not give a shit about this. And yeah, they are fully behind it. They are fully invested. My sister. So we've got a family group chat. My sister. No, sorry, I was. They don't give a shit about that. So Craven. They don't give a shit about that. So Craven. That's true. <laughs> but um, uh, no, like my sister thought I was being condescending when I was like, "This is awesome. I'm so glad you're like interested in the World Cup." Because she watched the Sweden Spain game on her own. Accord. I didn't even get Hilarious. that game. No, but like, and she was like, and they actually, and they actually went home to watch the next game. Uh, oh, it's uh, brilliant. I mean, I mean, like, you can't, you can't, you can't write that level of influence. Now, um, I feel that we've covered this enough because uh, it's it's a great, it's it's such a great story, and I implore anybody who's not watching the Women's World Cup to really, really get involved because, yeah, this is this is one hell of a ride. Speaking of rides. Dad, we have started our ride. We have started our ride, t- like first game of the season. No, I'm not like bit bit of a bit of a mech game. Let's let's call it what it is. Um, first half, we wrote off Everton as the not very. They didn't have the attacking prowess. They really came at us super super hard. But fortunately for us, Everton are a bit shit. Um, but that didn't stop them from seriously trying, especially in that opening 20 minutes. They were really, really pumping us. Bert Leno is amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's keep the interview format going, Daddy. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me, yeah. tell me about your first half. Do, do you know what? Can I summarize the entire way I feel about this? I love the fact that we've got three dirty points. I love yeah. the fact that we are we are now that team. Um, as, Are we that team? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I can give us. I think, the I, think, that I, think team. I think we're getting there. I, I heard Dan Crawford um, on on his own podcast, The Green Pole, 
a couple of nights ago saying, and I thought it was a very nice way to express it. He said, this is not ice skating. You do not get points for style. Uh, you get points for getting <laughs> it over the line. Win. It's just about the yep. win. No, and no, no, you know what? You know what? Uh, um, I'm not going to say it wasn't pretty because actually our possession football in the first half was actually pretty good. It was just a little bit ineffective. And um, they did the cause slide. us, they yeah. definitely caused us some problems going forward um, mm. in the first half. And, um, you know, it, it looked like we were potentially going to concede were it not for Bert Leno, who's had the game of his life. I can't even remember amazing. the number of um, shots he stopped, but um, well, I, if you look I, I think at the it's no secret. Here. If you look at the screen here, Dad, um, 19 shots, nine shots on target, all of them sufficiently covered by Bert Leno. Um, mm. like he was he was incredible the whole game. In a very in a very I feel like in a very lackluster kind of game, like first game of the season, away game for us um, against a kind of flailing Everton side. I don't really know what their future is, but um, oh, Bert Leno was a monster. He he controlled everything that game. Um, I mean, I think it's fair to say probably if we had Rodak in, I reckon we might have conceded at least one. Um, I mean, maybe that's a big call. but It's oh, um, a, a very harsh comparison for poor old Rodak. But look. Um, I mean, it's boys my, to my, men, isn't it, though? My, my thoughts about this going into the game is that, you know, we, we, we've talked about giving our predictions for the month uh, of August or the first month, the first four, three or four fixtures. And, you know, beyond the Everton game, which albeit away, first game of the season, didn't feel like we were that well prepared, I was genuinely concerned, even though we should be beating them, I was genuinely concerned that we may not get a result mm. or that we may have to put up with a point. And then if you look to the, the, the games following, you know, it's a pretty, pretty difficult set of fixtures against Brentford, and Man City, Man City, and um, and Arsenal, um, and it it seems to me so enormously important that we pick up three points to to start off here, and at least I wouldn't call it breathing space, but at least we're on the board because I'd I'd yeah. hate to get to the fourth fixture having faltered at the first two, and you know suddenly really be under the pump. And starting to scratch our heads, uh, you know, as to whether this was going to be the season of nightmares that we were dreading. Um, yeah, so feel like the I, I'm pretty happy with the three points. No, no, no. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm happy with the no, three points. Now, I just want to. I just want to draw attention to beloved Calm. We love you, Calm. Here. Um, and now, Calm says, "I thought Raúl um, was starved of any decent chances." Now, do you think that's mm -hmm. a fair assessment, or do you reckon? Because it was a bit of a weird game. Um, I, I felt that Reem was like a little bit off for a lot of the game. I understand why they decided to go with Reem in that back line over Bassi. And maybe you disagree with that. I, I, I think purely just I think purely just for a um captain at the back. I know I know he didn't wear the armband, but Tim Tim Reem's always a captain. Tim Reem looked really shaky and he let through a lot of stuff. Um but I mean I, I, I look I, I thought it was I thought it was quite a controversial um decision to not select um Bassi. Um, mm. I know that sounds kind of mad on the basis that 
Tim Ream was a stalwart last year, but the guy is not match fit, even if he's even if he's physically fit. He's he's coming back from an injury. I don't see that that's causing him any real problem. And he's you know it's not his it's his arm. He's got a cast on. He he surely wouldn't be playing unless the bone had properly knitted. But he 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 hasn't had a lot of game time, and mm. I think that showed. And in in contrast, Bassey has been absolutely dynamic. And yeah, I yeah. thought I thought he I thought he was an absolute certain starter. And I I, I found that quite surprising that Marcus Silva. Um, went back to Ream. And I don't mean that in any negative or condescending way to, to no, Tim Ream, not. but I thought it was a surprising kind of retreat where he could have got on the front foot and gone, this is how we're going to defend. Yeah. Um, the so only I, thing I, I found, I yeah. Surprised. The only thing I found really confusing about it is I, I was actually fine with Ream starting, but Bassi not getting any minutes at all. I thought that was strange, mm. especially, mm. I mean, Especially when we really actually needed some like attacking presence. I know, I know, I know, I know he's a center back, but I mean, he's really like I've said it before, he's bombastic. Like he gets in there, he can create chances as well as like defend pretty um, confidently. Um, now, we, I, now I, I do, I do kind of feel that um, I don't want to say Jimenez had a bad game, but I do kind of feel that. Um, he he was absolutely fine, but I think um, the it really highlighted the quality difference between Mitrovic and Jimenez, just in terms of presence. And maybe Jimenez can actually get to that point again, kind of in the same way that Vinicius grew into the side as the season went on. But um, yeah, Mitrovic comes on, and Bobby Dekadova read in the second half. Um, we start to get going again with the introduction of Mitrovic and Pereira. I felt that once the boys came back, entirely different game. And then from that point onwards, we got our goal. Wasn't anything overly special, I don't think. But yeah, as, as you said before, we we just nipped it. Any any, any thoughts that you want to add? Yeah, you just summarized the whole game. I think we're done. Oh, I mean, great. I mean, like, um, like, what's your what's your star look, sign? I can get, I can to, get your to, astrology up. If you want. To 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 go back to the comment on Jimenez and uh, to Colm's question um, that he thought Jimenez was starved. I I didn't think Jimenez had a bad game, but I, I felt like he was largely ineffective, and I it yeah. feels a bit unfair saying that, but it it just felt like. Um, he 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 failed to impose himself um, mm. in a way that you want your striker to. I mean, he he did have one shot, which on on another day, you know, a few inches to to the right, and that would have actually skidded in off the mm. post. So yeah, in a, he in a way, one shot, he was, he, and then he got sent off. Yeah, he he was a little unlucky because uh, half an inch the other way. And we would have been celebrating the fact that he's 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 really getting going now. So mm. he, he didn't have a terrible game, and I like the fact that he's very busy. But um, I I still don't think we've entirely worked out a way of actually playing him into the to uh, our best advantage. I, yeah. I've heard words that um, there's a focus on 
you know, uh, crossing from our wingers, being more on the floor and to feet. Um, I, I, I saw that, you know, and maybe there's some evidence that, that um, Robinson is trying to do that. I, I, I don't know. Um, but um, say what you like, whether Mitrovic scores or not, um, he did, he was very much um, a part of that build-up play to, to, to actually getting the goal. And whilst mm. it may have been a tap-in, there was an overload that we actually created there. And, and it actually started with a, a, a really proactive one-touch from Harry Wilson. He knocks the, mm. squares the ball in centrally. And Mit, Mitrovic plays a beautifully weighted pass for Pereira to kind of make a really great effort and and center the ball and 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 obviously Bobby arrives and and taps it in thank goodness because you know for the number of times that um Everton came at us they on on all probabilities should have scored they really should have scored yeah, I'm Again, really putting that down to Everton not being very good. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting that down to Bert Leno being absolutely ridiculously good. He was incredible. He was incredible. And if I was coming at Bert Leno, I'd shit myself as well. But at the same so, time, uh, can I, feel I like... can I ask you? Can I ask you? Yeah, um, uh, what What were your thoughts on Sasalukic? How did you oh, think okay. Okay. I mean, I. I really like Sasalukic. I feel that like we have this conversation every single time. I do you know what? I'm almost getting to the point where I'm like, I see what he does. I hate the comparison between him and Polina because it's so unfair. Because they're they're so different in terms of what they offer and what they bring. I mean, I'm I want to see a game with Polina and Sasa as opposed to Polina and Reed. I get the combination of Polina Reed. I know why that works. I do feel that, like, give it time. Sasa Lukic is going to be a better play, better player than Reed in the starting lineup in a fully fit team. But he, not he should not be playing Polina's role. He has essentially just been shoehorned in there because Polina couldn't be there. So it's it's such a hard comparison. I mean, like, it's. I, I know, I know. I'm I'm sure you probably have a different mindset on this, and I I know that you're not hugely on the Sasalukic train. Train, that's fine. But uh, um, no, it's, it's, I, I, I've I got. Um, I, I I don't dislike the player. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of him. I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he's repeated his Torino form as yet. Not that I've followed mm. that closely, but what I, everything I hear. Um, I think it's just unfortunate that I'm, I'm just not really certain where he fits and yeah. that we've found the right place for him. And clearly Steve he's, Reynolds, he's... <laughs> the words out of your mouth. Oh, thank, thanks, Steve. Great minds. Um, <laughs> and obviously, obviously, as we know, he he's, he's filling a role at the moment. He's doing a job and Polini is our first pick for that, um, you know, absolute rock and defensive midfield. And, Dare I say, and I did comment on this in the previous podcast, that I was concerned that without Polinia, however well our defence played, you know, we're always vulnerable because we yeah. don't, we do not have that wall of defence uh, in midfield. 
and we're so used to that now as well it's it's so integral to how we play and i feel that we can't really i think deitch also kind of worked us out i mean you know sean deitch may may not be your most exciting manager but he's no fool and he knows how to he he knows how to foil and spoil and Mm. i think from memory i think he actually played five in the midfield and just kind of flooded and overloaded us and it it showed they just seemed to um whilst i think there was a point for for much of the first half where we actually had like 70 70 30 in terms of possession um when they got the ball it it looked uncomfortable and nervous um Mm, yeah i agree carrying the ball for anyway um and and I think unfortunately I don't think Kenny Tete had an amazing game. He didn't have a terrible game, but it wasn't what you normally see. It didn't seem that combative. Um, mm. And I thought I thought Robinson was okay in the second half, much much better in the. Sorry, I thought he was okay in the first half, much much better in the second. Um, but perhaps the Mitrovic and Pereira switch um, actually made, made the difference. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I, Bobby Deckard already scored. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Like um, reli- reliable BDR. This, this Swiss. I, I actually thought I, I, I was pretty surprised when William disappeared because I thought, I thought he was playing pretty well in the first half. And I, and I know, I know he picked up a yellow, which Silver might've been concerned about, but I, I don't know that it was ever clarified as to why he was he was taken off. Mm. I honestly, I think I feel that William only just has so so much in the tank nowadays, and I mean it's very similar to the Sam Kerr situation. Sam Kerr can basically only pay play maybe like thirty minutes at the moment with her injury, and I feel that um, William has a cap on what he's realistically able to do, and we just kind of work around that. Um, now, um, on on the substitutions. Now, may, maybe maybe this is me reading a little bit too much into it, but um, Mitrovic taking the armband over Reem. Now, this is me Ooh. getting very this is me getting very kind of tinfoil hat on. Is that a symbolic gesture of like I am committed to the team now? Am I really getting like too journalistically deep um, uh, or? Is it like is that a symbolic message, or is he still out the door? Like, what's 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 going on there? Well, clearly, I don't know. But paint me a narrative. It. Paint me a yeah. picture. I did. I did notice it. I think everyone noticed it. Not not least because the camera zoomed in hard on it. Um, did they so, zoom in so hard? It, yeah, I think they noticed it. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I I really don't know what was going on there. Um, you know, was it was it that Reem thought he was going to be substituted, and maybe that was part of the plan, and then they changed their mind? Look, it could be know. nothing, or it could be everything. <laughs> it's just what yeah, I'm saying. Absolutely. I, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know that Silver would be drawn to make that kind of metaphorical statement about Mitro. I don't think he kind of 
fusses too much about what people think at that level. Um, I mean, it's either a brilliant piece of screenwriting or just a faux pas that we're reading too much into. But it's something I want to talk about. <laughs> because maybe, just... maybe, maybe Reem didn't have his contact lenses in and he thought Mitra was someone else. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I think it was TC who gave him the armband. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that's sure. right. Yeah, TC gave the armband. You're right. Oh. Uh, no, maybe I mean, TC was, just it... hates Tim Reem at the moment for stealing his captaincy and he's just like, nah, bugger <laughs> off. I'm giving it to Mitrovic. <laughs> I'm yeah. not ruling that out. I'm not ruling that out. I'd be jealous of that hair as well. <laughs> Let me yeah, paint. Yeah, I don't know. Let me paint I, I, I don't think Mitt, uh, Silver's about placating the fan base anymore on Mitrovic. I think he's he's sort of, he said his bit in the presser. He said, I don't have a problem with Mitrovic. He's training. He's ready to play. And I don't think, Silver wants to be drawn on any further, only because he knows he can't win because it's not in his control. So I think he's kind of given up on that. I think you, I think I can't remember if it was you or Jack, but you guys sent me um, an interview with Mitrovic saying, Yeah, I'm committed and I'm, I'm ready to be here. And it did remind me of my last interview that I had with HR before I quit. So anything's up in the air, <laughs> you know? Um, now, yeah. now, uh, do you, do you, do you want to, do you want to quickly summarize the Everton game, your thoughts, feelings, emotions? Because we have Brentford coming up this weekend as well. Now, we beat them preseason, but obviously, the Premier League is a whole other destination. Now, following the Everton game, how do you feel about going into Brentford at this stage? Obviously, we're going to cover this way more in depth with Jack, but uh, I'm kind of nervous um, because I saw I, I I didn't exactly think Brentford were um, a weak showing in the US Summer Series. If yeah. I look at their squad. They they seem to have a, a pretty good squad. They seem mm. to be really well prepared. Um, they they Drew were. I, I watched the highlights. I didn't watch the whole game. They look pretty sharp to me. I, I'm mm. concerned. The 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 only positive is that we're playing them at home, and yeah. so we you know we, we we've got the whole of Craven Cottage behind us, but I. I'm by no means banking any any points at this point, and I'm I'm mm. kind of concerned. Yeah, I think that game is really going to come down to like who's starting. I feel like if that's a um, Mitrovic, uh, Andreas, and Polina start, maybe even a Bassi start as well. Honestly, I feel like that's I feel like that's a pretty serious game. Um, I feel I feel that we can edge it. I definitely feel that we can edge it with a full strength team, but ugh, it's yeah. I, it, it, it but it would need it would need Mitch, Mitrovic back to his absolute best. Mm. Um, and it, it can can we really imagine Polina starting? I think that's highly unlikely, uh, given that he he's just too important an asset to. Mm force him to try and play 90 minutes having been out of action for so long well um, speaking of on a recurring injury well. well speaking of assets um i now you know that transfers are the bane of my existence and i have absolutely no interest in talking about them but adama traore come out of nowhere just signed just signed him. Now, I'm not sure if you know that much about Adama Traore. He is very oily, very hench, and really, <laughs> really, really fast. 
Um, he is every 14-year-old ultimate team player's wet dream. Uh, everybody essentially tries to sign him on career mode. So I'm really excited for that in this coming season and in this uh, updated version of Pro Evo or FIFA or whatever. But as a player in a Premier League team, bit hit and miss. Um, potentially an upgrade from Dan James. Honestly, it's... I mean... Yeah, look, <coughs> um, I, I'm slightly worried about the fact that the only signing we can do in a week Fast. or two of of the transfer window is a free one. It kind of worries me. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to downplay uh, Troyore because I think he's potentially dangerous. I, th- I think... He he's always a player that kind of bothers you because he's he's so lightning fast and he's he's strong. He's he's got much better quality than Dan James with the ball. Um, it's really hard sure. to rate that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure if I fully agree. Not 100 okay. sure well, percent that, that, that's that's probably my yeah. I think that's my feeling. Um, this could be Dan James so, too. I just want you to get aware of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd said I, I don't, I don't hate the signing right now, but it, it, he's not Callum Hudson Odoi in terms no. of quality. And we Look, still we need depth. We, yeah, we do, of course we need depth, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have him, and I'm glad that we didn't pay money for him. I don't know what his wages are, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be, you know, sensible and not crazy and they're going to be you know around modest so that's fine uh but i i i hope that does not mean that we suddenly now don't go for a door um hudson a doorway yeah um because yeah. we need and we need a lot more sizzle than that yeah like it's, it's it just it really feels just very out of nowhere i haven't heard any kind of like talk about this i remember some brief murmurings on twitter but usually i get like a little bit more foreplay before um we just go straight into that so it's very very i feel i i've got a bit of a whiplash on this one um yeah so i but again i think i think this is going to be good for us i i mean look spanish international premier league proven Obviously, I'm. I don't think he's starting, um, but I. I mean, really good to have in the mix, but it's just a bit weird. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit odd. Um, but I think if let's assume if we don't get any new wingers, I think he's in the mix, and um, you know, he, he possibly comes off the bench, or if there's an injury, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable about him starting at all. Um, story goes, there's a, a great understanding. And uh, sort of professional, what's the word, connection with Jimenez. And I think Jimenez was instrumental in uh, kind of talking him into joining Fulham. And Mm. that's good and that's nice. Um, But, yeah, look, I'm not overjoyed. I'm I'm kind of a bit neutral about it. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love it to turn out to be that little secret weapon of, you know, ultra speed uh, that we can throw to if that's what we need in a game. It'd be mm. uh, amazing. Um, we, no one no one hated the idea, even me. And I was a pretty strong critic of 
Dan James. I never hated the concept of it. I just got frustrated that you just um, hated Dan James. Yeah. No, 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 no. I just, I just <laughs> got so frustrated that the the quality was just not there. You know, we 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 may as well have hired a a, a top ten Olympic sprinter. Yeah, but then my ultimate career team wouldn't be as good. So you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take it with a pinch of salt. I do. I, I am the one thing I do appreciate though is the fact that um, we've signed Jimenez, and in the same vein of um, the Brazilian cartel and um, getting Mitrovic a little friend in Sasalukic, it almost just feels like um, we've just signed Traore just so Jimenez can have a little Spanish-speaking friend, and I am about that life. I think it's precious. I think it's adorable, and I, <laughs> I, 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 I love it going forward. Now, actually, um, Steve raises a really good point. Um, uh, the fantasy is still going. Um, everybody jump on that. I wish I'd be able to tell you um, where I'm sitting in the fantasy, but I'll be 100% honest, I have not looked because I told everybody that I wasn't very good at fantasy. And Dad, you can you can tell me right now if you've checked your fantasy and how you're going. But yeah, last time well, I checked, actually, it was very close to Jack. I do remember that. I, I had uh, the, the last move I made on my fantasy was just before we kicked off and I, and Jack reminded me to take Polina out of my, my, um, out of my team, which I did. And I pressed the save button and I'm okay at it. Pardon me. And I came back the next day and Polina was in my team with zero points. So I don't know what happened there. And I kind of um, lost a little bit of interest again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you, you but, didn't like the but, interface, uh, and then you checked me out. Just to to respond to Steve, uh, you you may be surprised, Steve, Steve, that uh, Dan James is not in my fantasy team, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, there is still time. There is still time. Although I'm pretty sure Dan James is in the championship right now, so I'm not really sure how that works out. But um, please engage with it. Actually, genuinely, last time I checked it, I think we had something like 56 participants. I don't know yeah. who these people are, but bless you all. Uh, um, I am continually impressed by um, the engagement that we get on the That's So Crazy I was, I, was, I, I was actually alarmed at how long it took me to, to, to actually get the arithmetic right. Oh, don't star me. Don't, don't star me. So that, oh, so long. I don't, so I don't. Long. Look, I don't care for things like fantasy, so I just continuously got frustrated because it's ah, oh, it's genuinely it's like a tease because you feel like you've getting gotten everybody that you need, and then at the last hurdle, there's like a point five that's always yeah. missing, and then they throw you. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Like, No, you've you've got too many players for them. It's a really annoying like like yep. secretarial kind of like no, you've signed too many players yep. for Man City. I had all of those. I had all of those <sighs> uh, little problems. <sighs> Honestly, this day and age, I'm sick of it. Capitalism. Now, daddy, 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 my friend, my compadre. Now, um, in the slides, obviously, Jack has included very kindly the possession of the game. So nine shots to 19, two shots on target from us to nine. This is very chaotic. Sam. We finished talking about this, but let's go. Oh anyway. my God. Let me finish. Sam is host for this podcast. Now, obviously um, Jack's popped in the Matildas game. That's going to be playing tomorrow, 6 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, 8 p.m. Australian Eastern, 10 a.m. in the U.K., and 3 a.m. 
PDT? Pacific uh, Pacific time and the 6 a.m. Um, uh, hang on a second. 3 a.m. Uh, Pacific time and 6 a.m. Eastern time in the U.S. Well, I went to private school. That's money down the toilet. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and obviously the table. Uh, you, now, Spain you, have you, gone you, through. You, let's, let's, not actually, dwell. let's not dwell. Let's not dwell. Yeah, please, please don't <laughs> remind me. I'm the one to pay um, for it. <laughs> it's okay. I've come through with um, unprecedented charisma, and that's that's getting me this far in life. Now, um, please, please watch the Women's World Cup. Uh, obviously, it's England versus Australia. It's going to be really, really tense, and Spain have obviously gone all the way through and thank you steve reynolds as well that's a fantastic point it is jack's birthday tomorrow we want to make a shout out jack um happy birthday i am your brother i love you dad did you want to um quickly talk about uh jack's date of birth because you were actually there but on the hour in switzerland yeah um well, other than the fact that uh, it's Jack's big 35th tomorrow, which is a, a pretty big day. And um, uh, it's quite funny, actually, because uh, my wife and I, in fact, the, the lady who is your mother. My um, mother, yes. Offered, I'm familiar. Yeah. Offered to actually um, buy him and his wife dinner tomorrow night, babysit the kids as a, as a, as a birthday present. But he actually declined. Well, I think he took a rain check. Um, and he said, well, actually, can we just come around to your house and watch the football? Because that's what I'll be wanting to do anyway. So it's an absolute waste of money, me going out for dinner tomorrow night, because I'll just be on my phone watching the Matildas. I mean, um, that's a very, I, very fair assessment. I would love to hear Teague inside of that argument. But, but, uh, but actually, <laughs> what I think he really did was got a free meal out of us, plus a dinner out, plus a... Um, um, you know, caretaking a, a rain of the miners. Yeah, a rain check on babysitting. And I'm pretty sure he just picked my pocket on that one. But never mind. Look, I mean, I mean, when you see a bundle, you got to take it. And speaking of bundles, Fulham currently six in the table. Now, we don't know how long this will last, but we're so close to Champions League spots. And I just want to relish in this moment <laughs> just for as long as we can. I love the start of the season because, I mean... It, it it this this could be the apex. This could be the start of something new, as they said in High School Musical, or um, it could it could um get a little bit. It could it could it could go down. It could go down. But you know what? We'll cross that did, bridge when we come to it. Yep. Did you um did you catch a view or of highlights of any other any of the other games over the weekend? Oh, great question. I mean, I did. Um, I definitely peaked at the Brentford game. I mean, I like Ange Postacoglu, and I really just wanted to see what he was doing with Spurs. Um, oh, I catch the Chelsea Liverpool game. That I mean, oh, I hate that Chelsea's an actual side again. I was really enjoying them being terrible, like that. That that made me happy. Um, but well, they, I, I they don't think we expect them not to be now. terrible, but they just might perform better. <laughs> Yeah, Liverpool's in a bit of a weird spot as well. I don't like Jerry's kind of out on that Liverpool team. I don't really know um, like what they're going to be, but it's so hard to tell like this early in the season just because every team can go either way. I mean, you're going you're gonna to have obvious like Haaland's probably going to get like 150 goals just by eating concrete because that's just what Haaland does. 
Um, and I think Arsenal have like really s- sorted out a lot of recruitment, so I think they're potentially going to be strong. Um, uh, it's so hard, isn't it? I mean, we were talking. But, to but what, what's interesting, this. though? What's interesting? We're one game in, and often we can we can really love the view of the the Premier League table where we're sitting in mm. third or second or something like that. Um, even even if it's only Friday night and no one else has played yet, um, mm. but. But here we here we are, one game in, and look at the top four. Um, purely on on the basis of a three points, but also goal difference. They're actually scoring lots of goals and just off to the races, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and uh, do you know what? Do you know what as well? Like because this is our second official season doing this. I'm not sure about you, but I've kind of become uh, a bit of a guy now. Where now my friends always knew that like I was a Fulham supporter. But now it's come down to like whenever I see most people, everyone just asks my opinion of it outright. And that's not necessarily the relationship that I had with most people. But it's just funny that that's kind of what it's come to just on the basis of this being successful. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. Well, don't it's get wonderful. carried away. Don't get carried away because, you know. Let me um, get carried away. I am the host I, I, of this I, podcast. I, I want to carry. I want to carry all the kilos that you give me. No. Not that long ago, there were people probably stopping Donald Trump in the streets and asking him about politics, and what the hell did he know? And on that note, <laughs> uh, look, just because Jack's not here, I feel that we can probably wrap that up there. Um, it's, and we can, obviously, we'll be celebrating with Jack tomorrow for his birthday, and we have the Brentford game, which I'm sure we'll probably find a way to do a pregame, and if we don't, then... Um, we'll just cover it following the game. And yeah, I mean, come on the Matildas. I was about to say come on your whites, but that's how you finish the podcast. And I don't think that we're fully finished with the outro yet. But um, dad, um, predictions for the Matildas, predictions for Brentford at this stage, or did you want to hold off on the predictions for Brentford for when we get Jack on this? Yeah, I think I think we'll probably try and get together um, before the weekend, before Brentford. Um, yeah. If you're, I think the whole point about the Matildas right now is that they're they're, they're knocking over giants and they're entirely unpredictable. And mm. the thing that the, the thing that happens when you've got a kind of never say die attitude with a smile on your face and a whole nation behind you, it's it's entirely unpredictable as to what might happen, which is. Mm what is so lovely and exciting about it. Um, I think, um, God almighty, I hope it doesn't go to penalties again. I don't know that I can do that. Um, And you can't surely be that lucky twice. I I, I was, I've never seen that number of penalties actually saved. Because it wasn't out out and out misses. I've never seen that many penalties saved ever. I um, I didn't I was I was actually getting to a point where I was like I genuinely don't know how football works once you've done all of uh, when everyone's kicked the penalty I was, yeah, do I you go, go around again do they just go around again around. well I didn't I didn't yeah. know I've never been in that I've never been in that situation yeah. before um oh. I'm gonna say um Sam Kerr starts as she hasn't to date and I think Australia will win two one how about that. Ooh, I mean, in, that's going to be a hell of a in, game. Um, in the first 90 minutes. 
And then are we are we going to break the record for most watched game? Are we going to get to eight million, nine million? Oh, I think we're possibly maxing out at that level of the population. Um, I mean, that must be what's that? Seven, three, two, just just under thirty percent. Is that right? What are, what are the, what's the population oh, of Australia? About twenty eight million. Yeah, something like that. I thought it was like 23, but so 20, yeah, it could have gone up. You know, so it's probably about 25% of the population, like total population, yeah. not even viewing, potential viewing audience. Um, but yeah, as <clears throat> as Colm says, uh, seriously, th- y- they're going to have 75,000 people screaming their lungs out for them. And that's a huge advantage. I actually feel a bit sorry mm-hmm. for England. Um, playing in that environment, it's it's going to be a cauldron. It's going to be literally like oh, yeah. you know Luton playing Luton playing Real Madrid in Spain. Um, <laughs> well, I look forward and, to seeing it, and obviously, and and like following this podcast, I can assure you guys we are going to talk way more about Fulham. But I'm sorry, I've just been too I've I've been taken by this. It's such a great narrative, and I'm sure Fulham's going to come up with a couple better ones, but. You know what? Just for the time being, let us indulge, and we appreciate you for it. Now, Dad, thank you so much for joining me. Um, thank you so much for doing this with me. I hope I have done justice from the hosting side. And yeah, we'll get we'll get. Jack well, I think back there's on only one person can. who will judge that, but uh, who's judging well, there that? Might be a few. <laughs> I'll give you a guess. He's he's got a birthday tomorrow. He's thirty five. Oh, yeah. I'm only kidding. Ugh, I mean. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. No, nah, you've done a, done a great boy. job, Sam. Well done. Um, oh, thank you. It's, thank you uh, it's, uh, it's been fun to chat, and uh, I'm just delighted that we're back to actual fixtures and been able to talk about football. Um, even so even though, <laughs> yeah, even, even though there's probably a lot to forget about that game last weekend, I'm just happy that we're on the road and we've, uh, we've got, got some points. Excellent. Well, after that um, whirlwind of an outro, we'll see you soon, Jack, and happy birthday. And for the foreseeable future, come on, you whites. Whoa.